passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It is Tuesday, April 12th, and you are listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. My name is Blair Angulo. I am joined by National Recruiting Analyst Alan True as we kick off our NFL Draft Podcast Series. A look at Aiden Hutchinson, Alan, who is getting a lot of number one overall draft buzz. I think getting a lot of that notoriety based on exactly the, the type of season that he had at Michigan. But you were there from from the very beginning, and, and that's what we're going to do here on the show is, is kind of detail what he was as a recruit, what he was as a prospect, what his recruiting process was like. Uh, but before we get there, you know what, what's what's going on, man? How are you? How's everything? Hey, I'm good. I uh, went from flew from Grand Rapids to Ohio for the Elite Eleven Regional, then flew from Ohio to Kansas City for the Kansas City the UC Report Camp that was here. I'm still in Kansas City. So it was a busy weekend, but but saw a lot of kids and felt like I got a good perspective on those guys. So I'm a little bit tired, a little bit jet lagged, but doing all right. Hey, man, that's and that's what the grind is. You're out there looking for the next Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah, and I saw him at some of these things, saw him at, at some camps. So yeah, it's funny you remember you know what what those guys look like at that age, and so you can uh, you hopefully you apply that apply what you learn to the next group. Yeah, I'll ask you what in twenty twenty seven. Uh, when we record another podcast, what it was like to see so and so at the UC report in Kansas City. Uh, so try to remember what you what you just saw this past weekend. I will, and hopefully, <laughs> yeah, hopefully, if we're still recording these podcasts in five years, we'll be doing pretty well, dude. I think podcasts will be like you'll have a chip ingrained in your ear by then, and you can it'll, just you can it'll be like roll. you and me on it'll be like you and me on hologram in somebody's house talking about you know what did we remember from Arch Manning and Dante Moore and. Nicholas Alamaleva. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I think. I mean, the future's wild, right? We don't, we don't know what's going to happen, especially at the rate that we're going. Aiden Hutchinson. Speaking of a bright future and, and kind of you know looking at, at at a at a trajectory that continues to go up, getting a lot of buzz right now as as the potential number one overall draft pick uh, in the NFL draft later this month. And, and this is a player who you know. Maybe on the surface, you look at and you see, all right, he checks every box, right? Especially with what he did at Michigan this last season, the type of pressure that he applies at the quarter, uh, you know, to the quarterback. I think he plays a position right now that is so important uh, at the NFL level where you need a pass rusher with the level of quarterback play in the league right now. Uh, so he, he does, I think, on the surface, checks a lot of boxes. But it wasn't the case uh, when you look back early on. This is a player that I think we can qualify as as a late riser. Yeah, you know, I think he was first brought to my attention his 
freshman or sophomore year of high school, his staff, the coaching staff at Divine Child did a really good job of getting his name out there. And I had obviously knew who his dad was. He was a captain at Michigan, you know, very well known in these parts if you followed college football growing up. And, uh, you know, at the time, there was the potential was there, but he was kind of a lean, skinny kid at that point. If you look at some of the pictures back then and you compare it to what he looks like now, it's really funny. Um, but, you know, some guys are now getting offers as freshmen and sophomores and big time offers. It wasn't him. It, it, take, it took a minute. And then once it got going, it got going. Uh, and I think he, he kept, he continued to develop, continued to grow physically to where when he was a junior and then especially when he was a senior, you could see some of this coming. But when he first got on the radar as a sophomore, he looked like a pretty, you know, looked like a tall, kind of lanky, as sophomores do. Uh, so, it, you know, he wasn't a guy who was on the big, you know, we're rating the 2024 class uh, recently in the top 100. I don't know that he would have been in that group had we done that with his class at that time. Yeah, Aiden Hutchinson, number 88 overall. That's where he finished in that 2018 class. And it was due in large part to a big week that he had down in San Antonio for the what, what then was called the U.S. Army All-American Bowl. And I, I think when he started to really separate himself and, you know, in a way match up against other elite prospects, it, it's when we started to realize, okay, this is this 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 kid could be the real deal. Yeah, I mean, he, I think he, we saw it a little bit as a senior too. I went to some of his games as a senior and he played, he was getting big at that point. Like he was starting to resemble the Aiden Hutchinson that we see in front of us today. But at his size, he was still playing lacrosse and was playing it well. And then he played tight end as a senior, which I, before that he was playing, when I saw him, he was playing offensive tackle. So he was, you know, getting off the ball and blocking and being physical. But when we saw him kind of run around in space and catch the ball as a senior, I think that started to up his stock. And then of course, when you go down there and you go against the best in the country, um, and Divine Child plays some good teams, but it's not like the total absolute highest classification in Michigan. So when you, we saw him, go down to San Antonio and do what he did. I think he had three sacks in the game and was defensive MVP. You know, that that certainly added to his stock. It's always hard to know a little bit with defensive linemen how much stock to put into that game because you know, the offensive line has a hard time. They haven't worked together. They haven't worked with the quarterback. They're, they're at a little bit of a disadvantage. So I think defensive linemen tend to be the ones who can stand out in that game. But uh, it was obvious that he was at that point too low. I can't remember where we had him, but it wasn't as high as where he ended up. So he got into the top 100. I believe 24-7 was the only site that had him as a top 100 guy. So even though we should have been even higher, uh, I think that week really helped us get closer to the correct rating for him. Yeah, you're right. Uh, 112 in the composite and 88 nationally, which is what a difference of about 30 spots, which is you might say, oh, that's 30 players. There's not a lot of difference there. But when you think about draft rounds, like that's an uh, that's another round. Right? Like that's a difference between a player that could go day two or or day one, uh, or you know that th that's that's the, the entire league passing up on a player before they're able to draft them again. Uh, so I think that's really notable that there was that much of a gap between the composite and twenty four seven sports. I think the other interesting part for me is is looking at him as a high school player with his frame and you mentioned him continuing to grow but the the characteristics and the designation of his position right like at the time we were ranking strong side defensive ends that position no longer exists in the database as, as a potential 
place where you could put a, a, a prospect or a recruit. Uh, we've got defensive line or we've got edge. And I think honestly, I mean, he with his size and his length and his, and his, especially his skill to the outside, he could fit either DL or edge or three tech or whatever. I mean, he, he would thrive wherever he would really kind of put his mind to, I think. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think that that part of it wasn't maybe as obvious when I look at, you know, his his numbers now and what he did at the pro day and what he's projected to play at the next level and what he's done at Michigan, you know, rushing out of a two-point stance sometimes at Michigan. I don't think that we saw that coming. I think we saw him as a, a true five-tech, a guy who could would be a really good three-four defensive end. And um, that's not his projection anymore. I mean, he's a true edge. And I think he's shown that he can do that um, with his his, his athleticism and some of the finesse that he has at his size. We thought he would like, grow into this 290, 295 pound kind of, you know, strong side, inside, outside type prospect. And, um, you know, he has worked really hard to stay in the type of shape and the type of, keep the type of athleticism he needs to be an edge. Yeah, we're continuing our conversation on Aiden Hutchinson, the projected number one overall selection in the upcoming 2022 NFL draft. You're listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This is Sandra Oreda from Attacking Third, a podcast part of the CBS Sports Golasso Network dedicated to all things women's soccer. With the NWSL expanding to 14 teams, the 2024 season promises to be bigger and better than ever, and Attacking Third will be along for the ride from start to finish. Before that, though, we'll be all over the CONCACAF W Gold Cup, where the U.S. women's national team is looking to clinch silverware on home soil. We'll also be keeping tabs on the winter transfer window, the Women's Super League, the UEFA Women's Champions League, and elsewhere. Coming to you multiple times a week with game previews, recaps, analysis, breaking news, exclusive interviews, and more, Attacking Third is your one-stop shop for the best coverage of the women's game. Download follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Make sure you subscribe to Attacking Third. We are back on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast talking Aiden Hutchinson, the former top 100 recruit in the 2018 class that is now getting all sorts of NFL draft buzz as the potential number one selection out of Michigan. Before he got to Michigan, though, Alan, he had to go through the recruiting process. And I'm having a tough time trying to figure out what I had for lunch yesterday. So I'm not going to knock you for not naming every school that offered him or every you know coach that went in and tried to visit him. But looking at his profile, he had 13 scholarship offers, did sign with Michigan and, and, you know, kind of committed to them, you know, over some of these other schools. What was his recruiting process like? So I think that a lot of people thought that because of where he was and his dad being a legacy and being close to there, that it was just going to be a done deal for Michigan the whole time. I don't know fully that that contributed to him only having 13 offers. I mean, you they're, not that 13 offers is bad, but you think of a guy like Hutchin, Aiden Hutchinson, you would assume, I think, that he would have a bigger offer list than that. I think part of that was that some schools thought that he was just going to go to Michigan. 
which he did, obviously. He did go through the process, though. I mean, I, I remember him camping at Ohio State. I was at Ohio State Friday Night Lights when he was there. Um, he looked at Notre Dame. He went on an unofficial visit to Michigan State. I remember that. Uh, and really gave those schools a, a good look. I think, like most kids now, you know, we deal with guys every cycle who are legacy recruits to a certain school and don't just automatically pick that school. Kids are smart enough now to go through the process. And you've even seen legacy guys choose schools that are other than the schools that their parents went to. Uh, that happens a number of times now. So he, he gave schools a look, but I think Michigan did a, a good job recruiting him. Um, he obviously had grown up around the program a whole bunch, and um, and ultimately that was where he chose to go. But he did get out, did get out some visits, including Michigan State, before that happened. How much do you kind of look at what he went through the process with with Coach Don Brown, who was uh, the defensive coordinator and at the time was getting so much notoriety nationally. You mentioned him being a, a legacy, but how much did the defensive fit really, uh, you know, kind of make a, an impact on his recruitment? And obviously it paid off, right? Because he became a marquee, big integral player in that scheme. But was was that a, a big part of why he ended up with the Wolverines? You know, I, I think that a lot of things contributed to him being in Michigan, including, like I said, some of that history and familiarity. But the way they recruited him was a big part of that. And, and certainly the defense at that time, that was when Don Brown and that defense were, they were really cooking. And uh, I think that that had a big part of it. They were also, um, you know, in the midst of doing a really good job of re- uh, developing players, you know, at that position. So when he was getting recruited, it was the around the 2017 cycle where Michigan had tackle Charlton go in the first round where they had Chris Wormley, who I think was kind of the same deal of an inside outside, you know, he's become a full inside guy in the pros. But at the time, Michigan did an inside outside thing with him that I think that that kind of fit what they were doing with with talking about doing with Aiden. They had gotten, you know, some walk ons like Ryan Glasgow got drafted. Frank Clark had gone a couple of years before Willie Henry had gone. So Michigan was kind of pumping out defensive linemen into the draft at the time. Maurice Hurst was in the process of getting drafted. They had Rashawn Gary and Chase Winovich and those guys when he was coming in. So I, I think that all of that contributed, but certainly the, the defense that Don Brown was playing, the aggressiveness and the fact that Michigan had been consistently putting defensive linemen into the pros uh, all helped out. That all contributed. Yeah, and and now we're hearing recruits mention that hey, you know Jim Harbaugh or Michigan, they view me as the next Aiden Hutchinson, right? So I think that process and kind of the the ability to sell recruits on on what's happening on campus at the time is very important. So now he becomes a, a key selling point for the Wolverines moving forward. Alan, before we go, fourth year uh, in Ann Arbor, fourteen sacks, right? So he had a, a tremendous year. He had that big monster game against Ohio State. Did you see that coming? Did you see him taking those leaps? You know, I thought I thought he would take those leaps and would do very well. I certainly can't say that I saw him becoming like a Heisman finalist at all. You know, I I think that that was, he exceeded expectations. And what really I think sets him apart, and we haven't talked about this too much, is also some of the intangibles, the way that he plays, the way that he approaches the game, just the intensity that he plays with. I think a lot of that comes from program he was at in high school. It also comes from having a father who was a captain and, and played at a high level, kind of understanding what it means to play at Michigan, I think all of that was important. But there's no question he turned it up a notch this year. I know he, you know, in the pandemic year had had struggled a little bit with some some injuries, but it just a huge leap 
from what the last time you really saw him fully healthy and playing a whole year was his sophomore year. And uh, he really turned it up a notch, especially with Michigan losing some guys like Quiddy Pay. Um, he needed to step up. He did that and then some. So I, I would be really lying to you if I had said, yes, I saw all of this coming in his senior year because I think he exceeded everybody's expectations by getting to New York and having that dominant game against Ohio State, I think really cementing his legacy at Michigan with some of those performances. Yes, and now we're going to be interested to see where he gets drafted April 28th as the NFL draft kicks off later this month. Alan, thank you so much for checking in and giving us some insight on Aiden Hutchinson. Not a problem, anytime. All right, that is National Recruiting Analyst Alan True for our producer Lance Glenn. I am Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Gather your besties. We are very exclusive. And get ready. Mom, go make snacks. For sure, Regina. Yeah. For the movie that hits like a bus. In a good way. No one dies. Mean Girls. Made at PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus.